You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. We have Expert Tuesday. Zach Cruz from Packers Wire is in the house. One of my favorite guys covering the Packers. Uh, I think he just does such a thorough job. Uh, I always feel like he is covering all of the bases. If there is a stat that I can't find, I know that he has it. And if there is a stat I haven't thought of, I know he has. He has found it. He has tweeted it. He has written three blog posts about it. Uh, he is relentless in his pursuit of covering this team, and uh, I, I am excited to talk to him a little bit later in the show. We spent a lot of our time coming off this Titans game, and we are now in Bears week. We spent a lot of time with this Titans game talking about the defense in the second half of the show yesterday. The improvements that this Packers defense has made are real, and Sunday night showed that. When you look at what this defense has been over the course of the season, I think a lot of fans would be surprised to know that over the course of the year, Green Bay is 12th in EPA per play for the season defensively. So on a per play basis, in terms of the value that they allow, the Packers are an above average defense. 12th in EPA per dropback, 19th in EPA per rush. Still a below average run defense, but an above average passing defense. That's with the slow starts. That's with the, the Buccaneers game. That's with the Vikings game. That's with the brain farts that we've seen from this team at various points in the season. Some of the blown coverages we've seen. You know, the fourth quarters where the defense stops playing. That includes all that stuff. This is not even adjusted for the garbage time part of it. Now take the smaller sample. Since week eight, which was the Vikings debacle, and that will be more than two months between the Vikings game and this Bears game coming up on Sunday. So that is, we're talking about half the season. In that span, Green Bay is sixth in EPA per play, sixth in EPA per dropback, and 15th in EPA per rush. Still, right in that average run defense, but outstanding overall. Top 10, and not even top 10, middle of that top 10. Sixth, that is a very, very good defense. Sixth in EPA per dropback, that is a very, very good pass defense. And that's what they've been. We saw it again Sunday night, 10 pass breakups. They created pressure on 36% of snaps. This defense has evolved. And one of the reasons 
it's evolved is the embodiment of why we can't worry about drafting for year one. Because look at the players who are leading this defense. Jair Alexander's improvement and what that allows Mike Patton to do with his coverages and shading safeties to the other side is integral in how Mike Patton can attack defenses. It is central to why this Packers defense was so effective in locking down the Titans because Mike Patton knows every time he calls any kind of coverage, Jair Alexander is going to lock down his side of the field. We saw it again. Didn't matter. A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, occasionally he got locked up in zone coverage on that side with a tight end or whoever it was. There was the fourth down where they threw at Jair. He can make every play. And he started off the season last year hot and and did not finish as strong. This year, he's an all-pro. That evolution has elevated this defense. Darnell Savage's growth, he is now becoming a star player. Doug Farrar from Touchdown Wire tweeted this out yesterday. He said, if there is a better middle-of-the-field defender than Darnell Savage, I haven't seen it. I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically the, the gist of what he was saying. His growth has bolstered this defense. Rashawn Gary, in year two, he was a man among boys on Sunday against a team that is supposed to be the this big, bad running game. They're supposed to take it to you. Power football. Rashawn Gary consistently won his matchup inside, outside, to the edge, through you, inside moves. He had it all working on Sunday night. That evolution is crucial. And then you have Chandon Sullivan, who you can throw on Jonu Smith, who you can put in the slot against Corey Davis or A.J. Brown. And his athleticism, his length, his instincts, his playmaking, is he as consistent down-to-down in this bigger role as he was last year in a more limited role? No, he hasn't been. But he can still make plays. Well, none of those guys were drafted in 2020. So what's the deal? And this is not meant to harp on, oh, the Jordan Love pick or or we don't even have to get to the A.J. Dillon pick because, by the way, the rookie A.J. Dillon was a huge part of why the Packers beat the Titans on Sunday. He rushes for 124 yards and two touchdowns in his first meaningful work as an NFL player. When you have a roster, that roster changes over the course of the season. It changes year to year. And first of all, the coaches deserve a lot of credit for this. Jerry Gray deserves a lot of credit. I don't think it is totally coincidental that Jerry Gray leaves Minnesota. That secondary, which lost a lot of pieces, admittedly, but all of a sudden Anthony Harris becomes, you know, sort of an average player. You know, has to cover up for a lot of mistakes and is not playing the same sort of, you know, style that he could before. But then Darnell Savage breaks out. Adrian Amos has his best season as a pro. Jair Alexander becomes the dude. And you're getting contributions from guys, you know, in last year's draft class, the year before, and the year before. It's also important to point out here now, we're in late December. Chris Barnes, not a rookie. Vernon Scott, not a rookie. 
Kamel Martin, not a rookie. A.J. Dillon, eh, still a rookie because he hasn't played. But you are seeing the evolution. You're seeing the growth of these guys and, and the reason it takes time. There's a lot of information to process. There's a lot to figure out. And the coaches need to figure out what you're best at. It took a year and a half for Mike Patton to see and for the light to go on for Darnell Savage too. This is a two-way street. That him in that middle of the field robber role is his best spot. That has unlocked his potential. And by the way, there were plenty of snaps on Sunday where Vernon Scott was the deep safety, allowing Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage to play nearer to the line of scrimmage where they are best. And it worked. Scott's versatility could be something that we see if Raven Green continues to be out in the playoffs. You know, as soon as Sunday, Vernon Scott could have a bigger role in this defense. Those guys are going to have to start playing more meaningful reps because of injuries and because they can no longer be treated as rookies. Chris Barnes is the guy now inside and, and proved it again on Sunday. Christian Kirksey makes the play because of Preston Smith, but Barnes is looking entrenched in that down-to-down role. He was more inconsistent earlier in the season. He's getting it figured out, the communication. And Mike Patton has put together a couple really nice plans here. There is a cohesion in this defense that we hadn't seen. Part of that is the evolution of these players. Part of that is the coaching. These things can take time. This is year three for Mike Patton, year two with Matt LaFleur, Year two with guys like Sidarius Smith, Preston Smith, Adrian Amos. Other key players, you know, Kingsley Kiki in year two is playing some good football. So the TLDR of all of this is it takes time. And maybe we were a little too soon to write the obituaries for Mike Patton. Because he deserves credit for a lot of the adjustments that have been made. He deserves credit for a willingness To say, Christian Kirksey, you played for me in Cleveland. You know this scheme. You are not playing well enough. Chris Barnes has got to play over you. And for saying, hey, Darnell Savage, we need to change the way that you play. We need you to do this whole other thing now. Please do that. And on Sunday for saying, hey, look, we're going to get beat if we we play a lot of nickel and dime looks against the Titans. So we have to figure something out that works for us. And they threw a ton of fronts at Tennessee. They they threw some some six one fronts, some six two fronts. I mean, some crazy stuff that worked. He deserves credit for that. And if we need any reason to say that a coach and his players need some time to find that cohesiveness and to maximize the amount of time that they get to figure out who does what the best, just look at this Packers offense. What they've been able to do in year two is remarkable, but it also took a year of reps, reps, reps of failures, of inconsistency. And we we got that from the Packers defense. They're starting to put these things together. They're starting to figure it out. And over the last two months, they have not just been a satisfactory defense. They have not just been an okay defense. They've not just been a good defense. They've been a legitimately really good group. The kind of group that, especially with the way this offense is playing, can take you to a Super Bowl.
Before we get to Zach, let's talk about our friends at Bet online don't sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action the packers according to bet online's odds are giving five and a half points that line opened at four and a half by the way so i I think the packers drubbing of the titans had something to do with that as well bet online also has the mvp odds flipped aaron Rodgers now the favorite over patrick mahomes Let's go. Let's make some money on this. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on to get a 50% off welcome bonus. You put money in, they will match up to 50% when you use the promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked on Bets brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's get to my conversation with Zach Cruz. You can follow him on Twitter at Zach Cruz too. He is the managing editor for Packers Wire. He also contributes over to Packers Plus at Press Gazette Packers News. Zach, thanks for coming back on Locked on Packers. It's been too long. It has been too long, Peter. Uh, thanks for having me back, finally. But I, I guess it's appropriate in 2020 when you know no one has seen anyone ever over the course of this year. So I guess long time between visits is an appropriate way to do this. Exactly, yeah. It is the perfect time, though, because we are coming off uh, a game in which the Green Bay Packers played at least in my estimation, their best game of the season, potentially their best game of the Matt LaFleur era. As we you know, have had some time now to decompress, to rewatch the game, to dig into it a little bit, I have to be honest, I came away even more impressed with what I saw uh, from this team on Sunday. What were your top-level impressions of the Packers' incredibly dominant win over the Titans? Yeah, I just really think, you know, this was one of those late season confidence boosting, momentum building wins, you know, that can really propel a great team like the Packers into the playoffs. I think it was actually you on Twitter who mentioned that the the 2010 Packers beat the hell out of the Giants in week 16. Yep. They turned around, beat the Bears in the finale, and then they went on this great run to the Super Bowl. And you know, obviously the two situations aren't perfectly synonymous, but, you know, obviously the Packers are going to have a lot to play for next week. And it's just it just feels like a lot of good things are falling into place for this team. I think, you know, we've been talking all year about, you know, the, the elite passing game and Aaron Rodgers, but you, know, you look at the last month and the running game has been a big factor. Aaron Jones has been great. Now, now AJ Dillon has had this big game. And then this, the defense is really starting to show some encouraging signs at exactly the right time. Uh, you know, all these impact players and defense are starting to play really well together. You know, the passing game is still probably going to be the make or break pack uh, factor for the Packers in the playoffs. But, you know, running the ball this well and, you know, playing defense works in the playoffs too, especially if, you know, the NFC is going to be going through the Green Bay in January. So, yeah, I think this team is, you know, they've answered just about every question mark thrown at them this year. And, you know, I, I really thought they checked off some, you know, championship boxes against the Titans on Sunday night. You and I wrote a lot about it over the course of the offseason and the year two leap and all that stuff. Did you think they could be this? Because I didn't. No, I, I didn't think they could be this. I, th- I think we all looked at um, that second year jump that the Falcons made with, with Lafleur and Shanahan and thought, you know, maybe they could pull some of that off. But, 
you know, I, I don't think anybody saw this coming. They've just been so dominant on the, on the offensive side. You know, I, I, I think we all thought that, you know, putting Aaron Rodgers into this offense and getting him fully immersed into it was going to do good things. But I don't think anyone could envision this, you know, passer rating of 120, completing 70% of his passes. I can't believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to probably complete 70% of his passes in a season. I think that's just nuts. He was at 62% last year. So, yeah, I'm, there's no way anyone could have predicted this, you know, having this scoring offense and Rodgers playing so well. So I, I, I do think, you know, the, the Falcons gave us a little bit of a blueprint, but yeah, no one could have predicted this. Well, and it's not just completing 70%. He's completing 70% of his passes and still the yards per attempt numbers are up there. He's still averaging over eight uh, air yards in terms of I- intended air yards. It's not like this has become some dink and dunk offense. And I think what stood out to me is when you when you look at what happened on Sunday and and the ability to create in every kind of situation, they were able to do it heavy personnel play action. They were able to do it out of three receiver sets out of heavy personnel uh, spread out. I mean, this is this is the most diverse that we've seen this offense in a long time. And Aaron Rodgers just looks so comfortable back there. I mean, we have to go back to like 2014 to see the last time that he seemed this in control. Even I don't even think 2016 we saw that. I mean, what what is your impression of of how he's played and his comfort level in this offense? Yeah, I just think Matt Lafleur has made everything super easy on him. I think you know. A lot of the stuff that he's doing, he isn't having to, you know, improvise or, you know, extend plays. He's just, you know, dropping back, getting to the drop, getting to the end of his drop and throwing the football to a guy that's usually open within the scheme, within the framework of the play. I think, you know, that's just the beauty in the offense is that, you know, it isn't, you know, Aaron Rodgers throwing a bunch of these, you know, tight window throws to to guys who are covered in these one-on-one situations. It's you know, him legitimately throwing to wide open guys most of the time. So that's the crazy part to me, you know, just how, you know, on time the offense has made him, you know, in rhythm. He's talked about it all year. That I think that's where most of the comfort level is coming from, that he can just drop back, read the defense pre-snap, know where he's going to go with the ball, and then, you know, just, just be a point guard. I, th- I think that's the best part. You know, game manager is kind of a, a bad title for some, but, you know, all he has to do is just manage the game and get the ball to the right guy. And it's 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 been awesome to see. Yeah, this was something I had Mike Sando on earlier this year because we he had come on in the preseason and we were talking about, oh, you know, Aaron Rodgers in this offense. It's kind of silly to have him in it. It's for guys like Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff. And on the flip side, it's like, well, if he's the most talented guy to ever play in an offense like this, shouldn't he be lighting it up? And guess what? That's exactly what he's doing on the other side of the ball, though. Uh, the the defense for me is what was remarkable on Sunday night because I thought the Packers were going to score 40. That's just the Tennessee Titans defense is not very good. It was what the Packers did defensively to hold the Titans uh, to 260 yards of offense, 14 points. They held Derrick Henry in check. They battered and bruised Ryan Tannehill. If you look over the last two months, this team, the underlying numbers are good. They were a top 10 defense by EPA per play. Did what we saw on Sunday, in your mind, validate some of the progress that we thought they might be making against these subpar opponents? Yeah, I think you've been kind of preaching this for probably the last month that their defense is probably better than they look 
on paper. I just, you know, I didn't think they were going to be the Titans because I had little faith that they could play well for 60 minutes on defense, but you know, they pulled it off. I think, you know, that group has always had the talent on that side of the ball. I think the individual pieces have always been really good. And I think you can see now that, you know, maybe some of those individual parts are start, starting to finally gel, you know, and, and a bunch of guys are getting healthy too. You, you look at Kenny Clark, he's playing really well. You know, he's finally getting healthy. I think Zedarius is getting healthy. He's making a few impact plays every game. Rashawn Gary's starting to really come on. We, we could probably talk about him because, you know, he's becoming a legitimate difference maker. He was a difference maker on Sunday night for sure. And then, you know, Darnell Savage and Jair Alexander, I don't think there's a better young cornerback safety duo in the game. You know, Adrian Amos has been, you know, steady, consistent at safety. I, I even think they've maybe figured out a rotation at inside linebacker that works for him. So, yeah, I think a lot of these individual parts are finally starting to come together in defense and, you know, they played a, they played an awesome game on Sunday. You know, they they loaded up to stop the run. They played really well against the play action pass. They they disrupted Ryan Tannehill a bunch in the pocket. They they always had guys around him. You know, it, it, it's just an encouraging sign. I, th- I think, you know, I, I haven't had much faith in the defense. You know, coming together and being a, a good unit that could you know go and win a playoff game for them at some point. I thought they were just going to have to rely on this offense to bail them out all year, but. You know, there's some signs here that, you know, maybe the defense can hold up its end of the bargain as they uh, chase another Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, we opened the show talking about this defense and and some of the plans that they had. The Christian Kirksey talked about it after the game, that Mike Patton put the players in a, in a better position to succeed. And we've seen now over the last really two months, you know, it started with a willingness to replace Preston Smith in the starting lineup. By the way, he was back in the starting lineup in this game, uh, flipping Chris Barnes and Christian Kirksey, changing Darnell Savage's position. Really, his his um, his essential role in this defense has changed, and it's really been uh, impactful. All of those changes have been impactful here. Are we are we sure that we're we're giving Mike Patton enough credit for the changes while also acknowledging that you know the NFC Championship game happened, the game against the Vikings happened, there have still been issues along the way, but that a lot of the reasons that this defense is playing better is because guys are in a better position to succeed. Yeah, I think you know last night was a uh, Sunday night was a perfect example. You know, they committed to having five, six guys on the defensive line or up front in the box on every single play. You know, Mike Pettin just doesn't do that. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't like to play heavy. He wants to play dime. He wants to protect against the pass. But he was, you know, he he set out to stop Derrick Henry in that run game. He wasn't going to let Derrick Henry beat him on Sunday night, and it worked out. And I, I think you made a great point on Savage. I think, yeah, yeah Pettin has really unlocked him. He's allowed him to play that, that, you know, robber role where he's, you know, coming down and, you know, reading the quarterback's eyes and, you know, his speed is a game changer on the middle of the field when you can just, you know, kind of read the eyes and, and go. So, yeah, I, I think you got a good point. You know, Mike Patton has made some adjustments here down the stretch. I think, uh, you know, he's probably going to need to make a few more come playoff time. But, you know, I think all those those fire Patton um, tweets probably can uh, settle down for a little bit. <laughs> uh, the, I, I mentioned this on Lockdown NFL uh, yesterday. Week 16 was kind of the week for the NFC contenders to rise to the top. The Saints blow out the Vikings. The Bucks blow out the Lions. You know, the Seahawks beat the the Rams in convincing fashion. And then, of course, what the Packers did 
on Sunday night. Is is your view of the hierarchy of the NFC the same as it was coming into the week? And and where do you have the Packers in that mix? I think the Packers have to be the favorite. I think, uh, you know, Sunday night was such a, you know, it wasn't just a blowout win. It was, you know, they played the, uh, the complete game they've been looking for all year. They beat a really good team comfortably. You know, they they responded to a lull in the game. You know, they had mid-game. Uh, you know, they executed a game plan against a great running back, got great production in the run game, handled the elements, disrupted the, you know, you know, all these things. I think they checked off so many boxes for their, you know, their playoff candidacy, their Super Bowl candidacy, however you want to say it. You know, I, I just think this team is probably going to be the number one seed. They're probably going to be playing games at Lambeau Field. I think, you know, they, they have some confidence now that they can play in the cold, in the snow. You know, I think they'd be they'd be just fine welcoming a team like the Rams, the Saints, the Bucks, the Lambeau Field, where, you know, they're not going to have fans in the stands, but, you know, that's a that's a real home field advantage now. And, you know, I, I, we, we've been talking about the defense is coming together. That's a huge deal. I think the offense can beat you with the passing game, with the run game. They, you know, we, we talk about all the time, well, the Packers offense doesn't have weapons. Well, they have a lot of weapons. They, they just know how to, Matt LaFleur knows how to use every single one of them. And I think, you know, that's the great part of this offense. We, we talked during the draft about, you know, needing a receiver, but they didn't really need a receiver because, you know, this offense can do it in so many different ways. They, they, they didn't actually need to add, add too much at the receiver position. So, and didn't you have yeah, the stat I, I, where it's like Equinemia St. Brown became the 10th Packer to catch a touchdown pass? Yeah, 10, 10 different guys have t- caught a touchdown pass. So, you know, this scheme, I think we we t- we put too much stock in, you know, the talent level at the individual positions when they just found the right guys to fit the scheme so perfectly. And, you know, Rogers and LeFleur are on the same page. So I, I see no reason to see to, to label the Packers as anything but the favorites in the NFC right now. As we look forward here uh, to Week 17, Packers-Bears, how much should the Bears pay Mitch Trubisky, and why is it the Patrick Mahomes deal? <laughs> well, the I, the Packers are probably going to have a big say in whether he's back. Don't you think? I mean, yeah, this kind of his. And if there's you know, anyone that that Mike Patton knows how to scheme up against, it's Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky. Exactly. So, you know, maybe Mike Patton wants to ease up a little bit this week. You know, let Mitch have a have an okay game and give him a shot to to be back, to be back. I don't know. There's, it, there's, there's a lot on the line Sunday. I, it, it's going to be awesome. Packers, Bears rivalry. You know, Bears need to win to get in. Packers need to win to get the number one seed. Mitchell Trubisky's probably playing for his job in, in Chicago. So, man, I'm, I'm excited for this game. It is just another reason to have the echoes of that 2010 season when the Bears had that first round by locked up. They go to Lambeau. They don't explicitly say we're not trying to win. And they go out and they just play horrible football. Jake Cutler is terrible. Uh, they sacked him. They intercepted him a bunch. The Packers win. And, of course, we know how the 2010 season ended. Zach, thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks for having me, Peter. Before we finish up, let's talk about our friends at Built Go. Especially after the holidays, it can be hard to get back into a regular routine. You got to go back to work. You got to get through your day. Maybe you're you're carrying a couple extra after Christmas. 
I know I am. And you may be a little bit more lethargic. It may be a little bit harder to break through that physical wall, that emotional wall, that mental wall that your day is throwing at you. Built Go can help you get through it. It's a one and a half ounce package of energy. Put it in your briefcase. If you're going somewhere, your golf bag, if it's warm where you are, God bless you. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It comes in three delicious flavors from the makers of Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever, so you know it tastes delicious. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the league. Get your picks, previews, and much more weekdays with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Lily Zhao for Zhao, you doing? Our friend and longtime pal here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Lauren Cox, will be on for Crossover Thursday, and that will be that same schedule as last week. If you want a Periscope on New Year's Day, let me know. If you're still listening to the podcast and you want to do a New Year's Periscope, let me know. Might have had a couple soda pops. And uh, might have some apps on a plate and we can do it. We'll do a Periscope only if people want to do that. But I don't want to have something that that people are going to feel like they missed. So we'll do a Periscope for people who want it if they want it. We got to get some support for that if we want to do it. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.